0: The Night of Learning We start the final uh, fifth book of the Torah the book of Devarim uh, the book of Devarim is uh, also called Mishneh Torah a lot of it is a repeat of what we learned in the previous four books and uh, this penasheh that we're going to read tonight is actually Moshe a rebuke to the Jewish people. Are These doing? are the words. spoken by Moshe. This was said on the other side of the Jordan, in the desert. Ba'arava, uh, in the uh, all sorts of word for desert, Mold Suf, in front of a place called Suf, which was Ben Paran, Ben Tofil, in between the cities of Paran and Tofil, Belavan, Haserot, Belizahab. So we have to see exactly what all these words, what all these words mean. So that she says, these are words of rebuke. All the words in this Pasuk actually are places where the Jewish people sinned and angered God. So why did he mention the names of the places? Why didn't he just name the sins? So Rashi says, for the respect of the Jewish people, not to embarrass them. So he just mentioned the names, and therefore, by mentioning the names of the cities that remember the sin. Now it says he rebuked the entire of the nation. If he only would have rebuked part of the people, those that didn't come to the rebuke would say, why do not you answer him? If we were there, we would have given a peace of our mind. If we were there, we would have told him something. We would have uh, answered back. So that's why he gathered all of them as if to say, if anybody has anything to say now, speak up. We'll hold your peace. Therefore, it says, So nobody could say, if I was there, I would have, uh, I would have told them all. Now let's get to the place. Now, what does it mean by midbar? That's when they complained to God and they said, we wish we should die in the midbar. Uh, why did you bring us here? So that was one of the places that the people complained. Baaraba is referring to uh, the city of Arbot Moab where the Jewish people sinned against Peor. They worshipped Abu Dazara, of Baal Peor. So that's Al-Bot Moab. soup Suf. is referring to what they did way back in Egypt when they were crossing the river. Al-Mashehim Ru yamsuf <laughs> When they came to Yamsuf, they panicked the people. And they said, are there no graves in Egypt that you brought us to die by the Yamsuf before the sea split? And uh, so that's Mol Ben Paran u Ben Tofel ve So Rabbi Yohanan said that we went through all the different Pesukim, and we don't see any place that's called Tofel or Laban. So he says, if you read it together, Tofel, Laban is what they belittled the white stuff. The belittling of the white stuff. What's the white stuff? The Man. They complained about the Man. And they said... Uh, we can't eat this food anymore that just uh, dissolves in our bodies. You know, so that was referring to the sin of the complaining of the man. And also what they did in Paran, Paran is Midbar Paran, that's where they sent the spies. So again, it's another sin that they did. Mahaserot, that's the Mahlokat of Korach, which happened in a place called Haserot. And um, another explanation is, that's where Miriam got leprosy. They should have learned from that story, uh, and not speak Lashonara about the land of Israel. Vidi Zahab. Zahab. also is the abundance of gold, which obviously referred to the sin of the golden calf, because all the gold that they had, they ended up using for Abu Zarah. So, basically, everything in this pasuk is a veiled rebuke uh, regarding a certain sin in a certain location that the Jewish people did over the previous forty years. So it says in the pasuk, eleven days from Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, "Look what you did! Uh, it would have taken us eleven days from Har Sinai to get to uh, Kadesh Banaya. and instead the pasuk says." It says a normal distance that would take 11 days to travel. We ended up traveling three days. It says on the 20th of Iyar, they went from Chorev. that's how Sinai. united, they traveled on the 20th of Iyar, like it says in the Pasuk, in the second year, in the second month on the 20th day, and on, Siban, on the 29th of Sivan, they sent the minaglim from Kadesh Barnea. So, take away the 30 days that they spent in Kivrot Taava, because it says they stayed over there for a month. The In seven days, they spent in chaserot when Miriam was in leprosy. So that's the seven days that they had to wait. halchu. Uh, called It basically took them three days when they were traveling. Because of the other places they were camped. called Why was that so? Because the Shekhinah wanted to rush them into Erez Yisrael. That they were getting uh, very, very quickly. And then what happened? They worshiped or they did. They sent the spies and that slowed down everything. So God, Moshe Rabinu was trying to say what normally would have taken 11 days, took three days. And uh, what happened? You angered God, and then a short trip ended up becoming a sojourn in the desert that lasted for 40 years. So... Rabbi? Of, yes? Was there any time where B'nai Israel did not complain for an extended time? Well, and they yeah. were satisfied with what Hashem gave them? He asked me a good question. It sounds like they were complaining every Monday and Thursday, but if you think about <laughs> in 40 years the Torah registers 10 complaints, 10 sins mm-hmm. so that, that's an average once every 4 years I, I know I know some people that complain once every 4 minutes <laughs> and this is here once every 4 years So, and that's millions of people so again, well, the Torah right. exaggerates because Torah wants to tell us that they sin but if you put it in yeah. perspective I mean 10 40 years and mm-hmm. a lot of sins were done by individuals and not the whole people. Right. So even that are registered. The time by Miram did some of them. So the only two people, Korach, mm-hmm. he's already with his people. Uh, some of them, you're right, some of them were done by the entire people. But it's, again, in, 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 if you look at the totality of things, uh, it's not uh, such a bad record to have so many mm-hmm. people only have uh, so little uh, complaints over the course of time. But again, since they were a great people that judged, you know, the mm-hmm. the few times that they, uh, you know, had a... Uh, had okay, a quite, thank but a you. question, uh, Rabbi. Why was uh, Korach mentioned? He already took care of Korach. He wasn't here anymore. He got punished. And now it's recounted. And these the Jews that were there did not do that. Did not complain. It was Korach, and he's gone. But yet oh, it's, it's recounted. Yeah, just it's just a rebuke. It's a rebuke that that was a... Uh, a, a catastrophic event that took place. He's recounting all the catastrophic, perilous events that took place as a result of, you know, the behavior either... Uh, they, by the way, the same thing with the egg. They got punished for the Egyel also. But again, these were, were aberrations. Moshe Rabinu was listening all the times, whether they got punished, whether they were still going to get punished. But these were the, the different times. Again, Moshe does this before he dies, to rebuke them, to remind them not to fall back into these bad bad patterns and he's saying like listen. the last will of testament exactly and therefore he was saying listen it should have only taken 11 days to get from like we just said point a to point b and then the, she gives us the math yes. and that it really only took them three days of traveling so was god was trying to expedite the uh, the trip from uh, a night to israel and then instead of taking a short trip they ended up taking a circuitous trip which led them uh, you know 40 years in a in a holding pattern so then we got to Israel, and the pasuk says, mm-hmm. was the fortieth year, ba'ashter chodesh, in the eleventh month, So this is um, the month of Shvat, which is the eleventh month. This is when this is happening, So in the first of the month, of chodesh the Ber Moshe Moshe spoke to Bnei Israel uh, as he as he said. Now she says. And Moshe dies on the 6th day, sorry, the 7th day of Adam. He rebukes them a month and 6 days prior. So, so that's uh, 37 days before he dies, he rebukes them. So he, why is he rebuking them at this point? So it says he learned from Yaakov Abinu. If you remember Yaakov Abinu, he also rebuked his children right before he died. And uh, And if you're going to ask, this is Yaakov talking to his son, why didn't I rebuke you all these years? He says, if I would have rebuked you earlier, you would have went off to derich and you would have went to Isav. So look at this, they, they, they even though they were parents, they knew that not every time is a time to rebuke because the child gets so upset at the parent, they go off to derech. So therefore he says, You man, I had something to tell you early on, but I didn't want you to resent it and therefore leave and go to Aesab. So I waited. And the, the she says uh there's four reasons why a person doesn't rebuke his uh family his family only close to death. Um, one reason is So he doesn't have to just rebuke and rebuke over again. So he waits to the end to give one last uh, one rebuke. One one, one single rebuke. But if he's going to rebuke, then he's got to do it again. He's got to do it again every time you do a mistake. So you wait to hold it up uh, to the end. And another explanation is so does not embarrass them if somebody hears about it. Uh, And furthermore, uh, they say that uh, it's, more, uh, it's more accepted that, uh, you know, before the person dies, so the children accept it more because they see that they're losing their father. So, therefore, it's more uh, it's more effective. Fine. Now we get to the next Pasuk. So, this is again Moshe bin who's giving the speech 37 days before he dies. After he finished fighting Sihon, the king of <in> the <Hebrew> Emori, Hashir Yoshim Bechashbon. After finding old Melik bashan that's in a place called Ashtarod Bedrei. So the so, Moshe, Mani Moche, she can Yomru Sheen, Sihon. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu wait until Sihon was conquered and Og? Because he didn't want the people to say, ah, Moshe Rabbeinu was giving us rebuke because he can't, he can't get us into Israel. He can't finish the job. And therefore they might have um, complaints over there. So therefore he waited until he killed all the final enemies right on the border of Erez Yisrael. And therefore, otherwise people would say, ah, oh, hey, Moshe Rabbeinu is getting angry at us to make, make it as if that's an excuse why he's not taking us into Israel. But the real excuse is because he can't. He doesn't have the ability. They're going to think that moshe was is looking for a reason to get angry because he can't make the deal. That's why Moshe-Dominus said, no, I'm going to finish conquering all the enemies. You're going to get to the border. You're right there. You can see it. Now he rebukes him. So nobody could say that Moshe-Dominus was looking for an excuse not to take them in. Ultimately, they would, would go in. Moshe-Dominus is giving them a rebuke uh, that's free from any criticism of the people. Now it says he attacked the uh, city of, or the country of Sihon. And Sihon was the king of the Emori. And the place that they conquered them in was Hezbon. So that she says uh, that Sihon was a tough king and uh, Hezbon was a tough, tough place. And uh, you see that still he was able to overcome them. As she says, If it was just uh, Sihon, even if he wasn't so difficult, Sihon is a tough place to conquer. If it was a different city, but Sihon was there, he's a king that's difficult. There was a double headed, he had Sihon, was a tough king, and Hashbon, which is a tough. A tough city, and still was able to conquer it. Uh, the same thing it was a tough king in a tough place, and uh it's she says Ashterot. Ashterot is like uh, it was a place with mountains and cliffs in this place over here, and then it says uh the last point: the of Yarden was the other side of the Jordan, Moshe began. And He started to explain the Torah uh, to the Jewish people. And as she says, he wrote the Torah into 70 languages in order that uh, for all the future generations that they be able to understand the Torah in any language. So he wrote 70 different translations to the Torah. That's Be'er Moshe, Be'er in the Torah. He explained uh, the Torah. And at this point he says, Hashem Elokeinu Diber Elinu the more he reviews. All this is a review. God spoke to the people, he says, at Har Sinai, and he said, Rab Lachem Shebet That means that, Rab Lachem um, Shebet, as a result of staying at Har Sinai, Rab you have a lot. What do you mean you have a lot? You have a lot of reward. As a result of the Torah that was given at Har Sinai, so therefore you're going to have a lot, a lot of what? a lot of reward by adhering uh, to the mitzvot, and by uh, staying and listening at Territura harsinai Furthermore, if you remember that at that same camping, they built the Mishkan, the Menorah, the Kedim, the Torah, they established the Hadrin, the courts, so therefore, he was saying, Rav Nachem Shev, it, it was a good encampment. You did a lot. At the Har Sinai, uh, they, uh, they, 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 they did good. Between the Torah that they got, the Mishkan that they built, the Sanhedrin that they established. So God says, Rab lachem you know, a lot was, was uh, accomplished by you, you know, in the in the sense of religious accomplishments, and therefore you have greatness and reward as a result. Lastly, it says here, Pinu Now God told us at Har Sinai, Pinu, turn, and travel. Ubohara Emori traveled to the mountains of Emori, and of course and the neighbors, Bahad, and the mountains, by the water, and it's a Nahara Gadol, until you get to the Euphrates River. So it says over here that we were supposed to travel uh, towards the Emori region. The neighbors of Emori is Amon Moab Edom. Ba'arama is the valley, Bahad is the mountain called Haramelech, Uba Shefila, Ubenegiv Khofrayam. That was to get us to the port city of Ashkelon, Aza, and Kisari until we get to uh, the Great River. And as she says, the reason why we call it the Great River, because it's connected to Iris Israel, so we call it Euphrates. Uh, anything that's connected to greatness becomes great. And therefore, that was the plan. We're supposed to go from Harsinai, a direct route to Eretz Israel. Again, this route is going to get uh, sabotaged because of the sin of the spies and a a short path is ultimately going to take uh, a very long time. Look, God said, I have given forth to you the land. Go and inherit the land. God has promised your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, and I wanted to give to them and their, and their descendants afterwards. Over here it mentions Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, uh, each one individually, that uh, she said that each one alone was meritorious enough that the land should come to them. Abraham alone, Isaac alone, and Yaakov alone. <clears throat> and uh, at that point over there, the Jewish people would not even have to go to war. God just says, go and conquer. There was not going to be any any resistance. She says, in the perfect world, there should not have been any war even. They didn't send the spies. They wouldn't even need weapons. They would just walk into Israel and uh, and conquer it. We don't know about this because it never happened. We only know the real story that ended up happening. We don't know the potential, what could have happened to the good. So have been saying that's what was supposed to happen. You're just supposed to walk into Eretz Yisrael. The enemies would get scared. They would run away. You wouldn't have to shoot a bullet. Instead, it would actually take seven years to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Plenty of wars. Plenty of time. Uh, that was plan two. It wasn't the original plan. We were supposed to get there immediately. It would have happened uh, with divine assistance. Not the war. And uh, that would have been the original But What ruined it? The sin of the spies. Citizen Spies was a game changer, and that causes everything to get uh, you know get spoiled. All right, we did good. A lot of a lot of, a lot of good pesukim. We'll stop here. We'll continue tomorrow night. Again, these classes after the of Welcome everybody. Shalom, Rebbe, Shalom. Welcome. God bless you. Everybody is okay. Uh, yeah, baruch Hashem, all good. Baruch Hashem, baruch Hashem. They will have a healthy and peaceful. Amen. All right, we're in the varim. We're uh, learning for the first time. Hayasar The varim is called Meshne Torah, and it's uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's last speech that he makes before his uh, passing. Uh, the speech was made on Rosh Chodesh Shabbat, that's 37 days before he passes. A lot of it's rebuke, a lot of it's uh, uh, musar, as we say, and uh, reminiscing of the different things that transpired in the Midbar and trying to teach them lessons uh, to be learned for the future. So now we get to the point where Moshe Rabbeinu, in the beginning of the perasha, um we will get to pasuk uh, tet vaomar aleichem ba'et haydemor so i said to you at that time lo uchal levadis etchem that i cannot i cannot carry the burden uh, alone and as a result hashem dorichem halba'etchem god made you plentiful ben hema yom and has brought you today, uh, as plentiful as the stars in the sky, Larov. And then, Moshe uh, Rabbeinu, reading Rashi on these Pesukim, Omar Alechim Ba'eta Hidemor. Mahu Demor. What does it mean? It says, just say, and I said to you, what Mazelemor? Say it. Amar Which means God was telling Moshe that it's to to run the nation alone. If Shar Shelo I am Moshe, I cannot do it. Israel is it possible? Moshe was so great. Why can't he judge the people? Adam showed Siyum in Mitzrayim. This is the man that took Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. VeKara Naheim Betayam when he split the sea. And he was responsible for bringing the man And he brought the quail. Now all of a sudden he can't judge them. Which means the Midrash is asking, Was so qualified? What does it mean he cannot judge them alone? The God is great. Exactly, which means the punishment of the people falls on the judges. And therefore, uh, uh, the, the. And therefore, Shilomo couldn't judge. Shilamo was the smartest, wisest of all men. Why did he feel that he wasn't able to judge? The Jewish judges are not like the judges of the Guyim. A if a regular secular judge makes a mistake, makes a mistake in the courtroom, so he makes a mistake, no harm done to him. If he kills somebody that's innocent, no harm, to, no, no harm done to the judge. If he takes money unlawfully away from one of the litigants, okay, no big deal. He made a mistake. However, uh, exactly. If I take the judgment, then already I'm liable. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, I can't do it alone. I can't take the brunt of the judgments myself. At least, if you have a bunch of judges, they split the, they split the mistake amongst themselves. They split the punishment amongst themselves. And therefore, he was saying that uh, um, not that he was not capable, because Moshe was capable of doing anything, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not good to do it. That means Hashem made you great. That she says you're above the judges. That means the judges are responsible for the mistakes that they make, mm-hmm. and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu says that uh, he needs help. And he says today you are as great as the uh, stars in the sky. So that she says there weren't as great as the stars in the sky. There was only six hundred thousand people. I mean, there's much more stars than that. So what does it mean? So it just says what he means to say is he meant to say is that you are compared to the day. You're permanent. That's what he meant to say. Not as populous, but as permanent as the sun, the stars, and the moon. You are like today and you're like things that are always that are always there. Hashem God the god of your fathers Yosef, God should bless you and increase your numbers a thousand fold and bless you so that's a beautiful blessing from Moshe Rabbeinu that says and he should bless you as he said so what does it mean as he said Moshe that God blessed us that we're going to be so numerous that you're not going to be able to count us. And you're limiting us to a thousand fold. So therefore, he said, that's besides God's blessing. I'm blessing you a thousandfold plus whatever Hashem said also should be uh, should be yours as well. He says, that's my own blessing. But, you know, Kadosh Baruch Hu, him. he'll bless you when he blesses you at his time. So I'm not taking away from God's blessing. I'm only adding my own blessing as well. Mm-hmm. Echa this is it. This is the week of Echa. We have the word Echa in the parasha. We have Echa in Haftarah. and we have Echa on the Shabbat. So whenever you see the word Echa, you know already Shabbat is not that far, uh, far behind. Echa is Salabadi. How can I carry this nation alone? Torchachem, your toils, masachem, and your uh, masachem is your load. and your quarrels. Not an easy nation. So that she says, which means even if you tell me that I'll get reward, I can't do it. Jewish people are difficult people let's say somebody sees his friend uh, winning in court oh I have more witnesses, I have more proofs, I'm going to get different judges they're not easy people to judge and everybody's a lawyer says um, that um, they were tough Moshe even it says one time they saw Moshe Rabinu coming out and they said Ma Amram Ma Amram, would come out of his tent early. They would say, ah, maybe he's having shalom Bayh problem. That's why he left early this morning. If he came out late, Amram that's it. You know why? He's plotting against us. Uh, amazing. When he when he came out early, they said, ah, he's having shalombait. When he came out late from his tent, ah, he's plotting against us. He's uh, he's the people. They were quarrelsome people, so Moshe Rabbeinu I can't handle these people. I can't handle them alone. But what did God say? yet some help. Men of stature, and I will place you. I will place them above the. Above the people, so that she says, "Anashim." Now, mm-hmm. okay. Well, today maybe, but in the olden days, there wasn't even a haba. I mean, to to think, uh, ladies would be the uh, judges. So, what does that have to say? Men, of course, men. Would you think uh, ladies? So he says, "No, anashim means Sadiqim. It's not referring to male tzadikim. Hachamim, Rashi says, Kisufim because Kesufim the sounds like they are shy. Unbonim, mevinim, davar mitoch davar. Clever. There's a shayal. Arioseh, Rebbe Yoseh. They asked one time, Mabin Hakamim hachamim ne'evonim? What's the difference between a Hakam and a n'avon? Hakam domen the shulchani asher. Hacham is like a money changer because she mevinim lo din anyim derot. they bring him the money to look at it, no eh." Okay, and, and when they don't bring him anything to do, he sits. He's waiting for a customer. Navon is more like a salesman. What does he do? When they bring him something to look, he looks. He goes to look for a customer. Therefore, he's, he runs after the uh, the wisdom. When the wisdom comes to him, he has it. Navon, he searches the wisdom, so it's a higher level of, uh, of, uh, of 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 understanding. We do imliship to him, people that are known to the tribe. Shehem nikarim nachem. Why? Why do have to be known to you, the leaders? Shimba lefanai <inaudible> neutaf petani toh eni yodei amihu ume'ezeh shem etu imagunu. But atem makinim o she atem ged oto, which means. I see a guy with a talent over his head. I think he's a Sadiq. I'm not going to know if he's worthy or not. You know he is. So therefore, you pick them <coughs> to make sure we don't get some, uh, you know, some imposter. <speaking> that people that are worthy to be leaders, that the people will have fear. Now, literally means, and I will place them above you, meaning to be the leader. Now, if you look at the word, that she says it's written without a yud okay as if, it, if it, as if it's to be read uh and their blame now there's a big difference i will place them above you or the blame will be the onus will be on the heads of the leaders what does that mean the blame if the judges don't do their job and rebuke, so the blame is on them, so that's why the pasuk is written without a yud the only problem is it has a yud, so now what I mean it's a nice but it doesn't work because the whole derasha is based on the fact that there's no yud. So therefore, instead of reading it ba'asimem, you'll read it ashamam, And the blame is on the leaders. So, if anybody has anything to say about that, I will uh, I will be ready to listen to it. But that's what Ashi is telling us, at least that in maybe his version, it was hased yud, or maybe in the version in heaven, it's missing yud. But nonetheless, we understand that dirasha is that the onus is on the leaders. If the people are making mistakes, it's because the leaders didn't rebuke them. You answered me, so they accepted it. You said, fine. she says, you thought it was to your advantage. Which means, you came along and said, nah, you must more leaders. Rashi says, Rashi says, we don't want any lead. We want you to lead us. They should have said, No, we want Moshe. Who, who are you going to learn from? Moshe or one of the students? We might learn from Moshe. You Torah. You know why you wanted to get, get, get leadership and, and, and replace? We could bribe them. These judges over there, we can people. He said, well, you know, I know your intent. We well, should have been rebuking them over here. The only reason why you accepted the idea is because you thought you could sub- subvert justice by bribing these people and uh, getting away. So it says, So I went and I took Anashim, Hakamim, Yidu'im, <laughs> Anashim, Hakamim, doesn't say nevonim. Yes, they couldn't find nevonim. And it says, uh, right, that she says actually that. That she says, couldn't find any nevonim. Nevonim is a higher level of uh, understanding. (coughs) Furthermore, it says, I took them. Now, how do you take them? You take them by the shirt. I took them by words. I had to cajole them. I had to convince them. You're working for Yaakov, You're going to serve the children of Abraham. This is the the, uh, the the lot of God. You're working for such a people. Therefore, he he brought them or he took them through uh, you know uh, convincing them that it's a zikhut to work for, and it says, that they should be uh, the leaders above you. And we all know that, what did he take actually? Al-afim, those were the uh, judges of a thousand men, me'ot, the judges of a hundred, hamishim, the judges of five, 50, asirot, and the judges of 10. Uh, which means you have one manager of a thousand people, and that's 600, which that's 600,000 people. So you have to one every thousand, or so 600 of those. And then you have one manager per 100. So if there's 600,000 people, that means you have 60,000, one per 100. Mm-hmm. Uh So 60,000 times 100 is 600,000? No. You have six 6,000. 6, right. So you have 6,000. Right, 6,000. So that's so far you have 6,600. And then you have one for every 50. One for every 50 will be 12,000. Oh, yeah. That's so far you have 18,600. And then you have one for every 10. That's 60,000. So therefore, you all together, you have 78,600 appointed judges, uh, a job that Moshe Rabbeinu was doing himself the day before. So look how great Moshe Rabbeinu was. Okay. You know, sometimes you have a worker in the store, you say, had a guy that just job with three people. Moshe Rabbeinu was doing the job of 78,600, and not regular people. Uh, uh, you know, guys that are doing menial jobs. These are hachameim, and great people. And Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do it alone. So that's, uh, that's kind of incredible to show you who Moshe Rabbeinu was. And finally, we get to the... Uh, look at how fast the time flies when we're doing this. And I commanded the judges... And she says, what do you mean? I, what, what did he command them? Be deliberate before you give a ruling. Which means even if the case came to you before, twice, or three times, don't say, oh, I heard this one already. Okay, we know the rule. No. Listen to the case, go back and forth, deliberate, and then give the um, give the judgment. It's amazing. What he told them was that Ba'itahi um, he, he said that uh, listen before you got this job you were you had your own life but now you are servants of the Sibud. we tried to tell them that you know it's a it's a they fish you know before that you had your independence you had a person you had, you had a private life now your life is given over to the uh, to the sibud, and he says to them uh listen to the claims of your brothers when they come to you in court and you will judge them righteously between man and his brother and his neighbor Shamoah, uh, as she says you know, in the present the, the litigant the reason why it's called the Gero he collects claims against him Gero means to collect because the litigant collects claims against the other guy. The <inaudible> gero al dira comes with word God, meaning uh, claims and, and real estate claim neighbors, you know guys claiming you uh, put the fence on my uh, plot or making too much noise or you know uh, you didn't uh, you making uh, uh, you blocking my driveway all these type of things that happen between neighbors. <inaudible> or for that matter between, like, inheritances, between brothers and they want the house, and so on and so forth, or between, let's say, the oven and the stove that people, neighbors are arguing on, and so on. We're not allowed to show favoritism in court. You have to listen to the small and the big equally. Um, You cannot say, well, this guy's a handsome guy or a strong guy, and therefore, you know, we'll... uh, We'll take care of him, or uh, this guy's my relative. You know, I'll uh, I'll make him uh, a judge. You, you, which means this is talking about an appointing of the judges. When you when you appoint the judges, do not appoint them through nepotism or because you know they're powerful. You appoint them because if you're going to appoint these people based on you know ulterior motive, they don't know they don't know the law, so they're going to end up. Judging the guilty innocent and vice versa. So therefore the Torah says, mishpat when you're appointing the judges, do not show favoritism in the appointments. The guy takes his uh, you know, his, his, his uncle as a judge, he takes his friend, he takes, you know, he's doing this type this type of uh you know uh, uh, nepotism. What what is that? nepotism. nepotism. Yeah, nepotism, exactly. Kakadon, that means no matter how big the case is, you have to treat it seriously, whether it's a million-dollar case or it's a 10-cent case. If somebody comes to court and says, well, the guy took 10 cents from me, you have to treat that just as much if the, if the case is a million dollars, because bottom line, you have to seek uh, seek the justice. Therefore, there's no difference between uh, a, a rich man coming with a big case or a poor man coming... For example, let's say the poor man came first. Don't say, ah, your case is only a hundred bucks. Go, go 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 to the back of the line and deal with bigger cases. No, you have to treat each case, you know, on its own merit. Um, another case that she gives, he says, let's say there's a poor guy and his friend is rich. And um, so the rich man has to support the poor guy. So he says, I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll make the rich, I'll make the poor man innocent. So the, so the rich man will support him. Meaning he has mercy on, he can't have mercy on the poor man because he's poor either. You can't say, ah, this guy's a lot of money. He's, ah, uh, what's the difference? Then give $200 to the Ani, No, Siddaka is not up to the judge to decide if you want to give Siddaka. Therefore, not only you cannot show favoritism to the rich man, you can't show favoritism to the poor man either. Uh the interpretation. Uh, wow. I don't want to embarrass a rich guy in court. I'm gonna say guilty, pay the man a hundred bucks. And for hundred bucks, I'm gonna embarrass a rich man. So I'll say you're innocent. And then after the court is over, when nobody's looking, I go out in private to do me a favor, and just give the guy a hundred bucks. That you can't do either. Even though you settled it, you know, after. But the rule has to be, the judge has to be, emit, and he can't come along and say, "Well, I'll give a you know a phony ruling in the court to save face for the rich man, and then outside the court, I'll tell him the uh, you know that he had, what he has to do." That you cannot do uh, as well. All right, there you have it. So uh, we learned a few bits about the court system, and about what takes place. We learned these classes for the four haya sarabat Thank you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't the 78,000 wasn't the time of your throw or it's a different uh, configuration. Now now I was asking him a question. He didn't hear me. What was he? Where's was guy well, he left already. It's not that he skips stuff. He wanted to Yitro, yes, Yitro gave the advice, but Moshe is not going to appoint judges based on his father-in-law's advice. He has to wait for God to tell him to do it. <laughs> Yitro gave the advice, but Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, that's, that's, that's advice from a father-in-law. We know how much that's worth. He waited until uh, uh, till God told him to do it, and then he listened. So that's... Welcome, we're learning... Is it muted? Uh, Hello. Hello. And we no, are, no, you're not muted, just Cheryl. Mute yourself. We are in Devarim, and we are talking about Moshe Rabbeinu's last rebuke that he gives to the uh, Jewish people. Um, where did we get into last night? So we got last night talking about judges, and our judges have to be fair. And uh, we talked about how the onus of the judge of the judgment is on the judges itself. They make a mistake; they're responsible. And Moshe Rabbeinu got help—seventy-eight thousand six hundred judges—and how they had to be um, had to be honest. Okay, so now we're going to start. In uh, we'll go start from Pasuk But So the pasuk says. You came that she says in a means in a in a rabble. You came like in a ruckus. And what did you what did you say? But Tomeru and you said to me, The Ha send people via to spy out the land. So now Moshe is going to rehash the event of the spies. And he's going to say you came like a uh, 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 a mob, and you uh, came to me, and it says that she, they were pushing, the young were pushing the elders, and the elders were pushing the, the heads of the people. So I was in a, in a disrespectful, chaotic form, and you said, send us uh, spies to the land, the Yeshivu Otaru Dabar bring back word to us. it's a derech uh, a Shirna Aliba regarding which which road we should ascend to conquer Israel, the Arim, and to tell us about the cities, Ashirna Boad, that we will we will go to. Um as she says, the Yashib Otaru Dabad, Be Ezil Ashun him in the bidding, that they will come back and tell us what language the inhabitants. Um, I guess uh, by knowing the language that they speak because so the pasuk says dabar. Dabar is dibut. Uh, come back to us and give us the uh, give us the language I guess um, by th- and then they can learn the language I guess we can learn the language of the adversary so we don't have to face them uh, better so the pasuk says bete arim. And which cities will be easier to conquer? First, so the, the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabinu says, the matter was good in my eyes. In my eyes, but not in the eyes of God, she says. Now, if it was in the, if it was good in the eyes of Moshe, why is he rebuking them? I mean, he was just as guilty. He's saying, I had no problem with the idea. So that she says, Moshe why is he giving them rebuke? It's compared to a man that says to his fellow, sell me your donkey. So the owner of the donkey says, Hen. It's okay. But he says, First give it to me as a trial. So the owner says, Hen. No problem. So the man says, Can I try it on the mountains and the hills? All right. When he saw that he wasn't hindering him at all, I mean, he was letting him do whatever he wished. So the buyer says, He must be so sure that I, I'm not going to find the flaw in it. That's why he's saying, Do whatever you want. So right away, what does he say? I don't have to test it. Take your money. And therefore, we don't have to try it out. It seems you're so sure of yourself. Therefore, I can trust you. So similarly, when I told you, send spies, no problem. You should have said, if Moshe is so confident, must be the land is good. We don't need the send spies. That's what Moshe have saying. From the fact that I acquiesced, you should have taken my acquiescence as a indication that the land is so good, there's no need to, like I, like, like I called you bluff. All right, send the spies, send them into the cities, find out what land, do anything you want, no problem. That shows that the seller is confident that the product is good. So that's what the claim was, should have been It was saying. When I showed you my uh, um, my willingness to let the spies go without any problem, you should have said that's an indication that there's really nothing to spy out. The land must be good. The only reason why I agree to your words is that she rings, So you might retract. When you saw that, I was not hindering you. The problem is, you didn't retract. So I took from you I took from you 12 men. 12 men, one per tribe. And the Pasuk says that we learn from here that the tribe of Levi was not represented. How do you learn it from here? The tribe of Levi was not resen- represented Represented. Because the pasuk is redundant here. It says, he took Shneim Asar 12 men, one per tribe. Well, obviously, there's 12 tribes, one per tribe. We have to say the double language. So therefore, um, we learned from the double language that it was only um, uh, from 12 tribes, and somebody was, somebody was missing. One man per tribe. Seems superfluous. It is stated to teach us that the tribe of Levi was not among the crowd. Where's Moshe? Levi was not part of the spies. Now what happens? So they went Nahal So they get to a place the spies called Nahal Ishkol. Uh, the the the, uh, the valley of, or, of 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 Ishkol is the grapes. That's where they pick the grapes and they spied it out as she says along all the four sides of the country and and they went lent and with they 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 they, they traversed it they went across the whole um the whole the whole uh, the whole land in a crisscross fashion they went you know across the land and then it says, So they took from them, from the fruit of the land, and they brought it down to us. I teaches us that Israel is in a high place. Israel is the high lands, and wherever you're coming from Israel, you go down. And they spied back with Otanu word, and they spied back with a word, Share a ten Land is good. Fuck you did not wish to ascend. But Tamruit Pia Shim you rebelled against God, but teraginu beahodem. And you started to slander the land in your tents. But tamru, and you said, Bisin Hashem Otanu. God brought us out of Mitzrayim to deliver us in the hands of three people to destroy us. And she comes along and said that we slandered which is malicious talk and they said God hates us. And she says but that's not true. God did not hate us at all. He loved us. Who hated who he we hated God and he gives a mashal, a, a parable, a popular saying: "Mad de al de, Mad de which means uh, that which is in your heart, about your friend is what you think uh, is what you think in his heart about you, which means what you proclaim that he thinks about you, that means you really think about him. So when they say, oh, God hates us, that really means the opposite. You're seeing yourself, uh, and therefore you're blaming it as if, oh, my friend hates me. Not so. You hate your friend. That's a reflection. So what happened? God hates us. That's why he took us out of Mitzrayim. His taking us out of Egypt was an expression of hatred. And I see mashal over here. Mashal the Melik Madam As compared to a king of flesh and blood, a human king. Shayuloshne Banim, he had two sons. And he has two fields. The Hatchil one was irrigated field, which is easily irrigated. The Hatchil Baal, and one needs rain. Um, Lemishu Oheb to the one that he loves, not in He gives the field of irrigation. The one he hates, Notinoshil Baal. He gives them the field that depends on rain. The land of Egypt was a land of irrigation. because the Nile River would overflow. But Eris Kenan is dependent on rain. That, that was, he took us from an irrigated land to take us to a dry land. Irrigated land is easier. The, the, the knowledge just overflows. You got to do nothing. But it's dependent on rain. You, you, you're out of business. Basically, they were saying God took us from a fertile land Egypt. We have to depend on rain, and therefore, it's much more, much more. That's what the people were saying. So, Moshe been was reminding them. Anna, Anna, where are we going? This is what the people said Our brothers have uh, melted our hearts. By saying, the nation is greater and taller than us. Um, they have fortified cities that reach the heavens. Uh, we also saw the children of the giants were living there. And uh, of course, this is what we call the hyperbole. We, we know that the, the, the buildings did not reach the heavens. You know, today they call it a skyscraper. That's hyperbole. It doesn't scrape the sky. It's a tall building. They call it a skyscraper. That's an exaggeration. So that's what they said over oh, here. There were such tall buildings, they reached the heavens. And then Moshe Rabbeinu said, and I tried to convince you out of it, but I told you, no no which means do not break down. Um, and do not be afraid from them god your God goes before you he will fight for you she says just like he did for you in egypt and you saw his way how he treated you in the midbar lifted us and carried us and he said like a father carries his son. He carried us like a father carries his child on the road. And therefore, it's coming along to say, the father carries his son. It's like, a, 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 can be compared to one who's going on the road. And the son is in front of him. How this scene, and all of a sudden when the band come, uh, to take the son captive, so the father lifts up the son in order to protect him. So that's uh, when the bandits came to take the son, the father took his son from in front of him and placed the son behind him. When the wolf came from behind the father, so now he puts him in front. Mm-hmm. When the bandits came in front and the wolves behind them, so the father has no choice but to fight them both away. He put the son on his arms and fought against basically, but that was protecting us so it was in front of us was behind us, they lifted us up, and what did we come along and say? We complained. And on this subject, you do not put your trust on the promise that going to bring us into Eres Israel. God walks in front of you and place you in a proper Hurts. At night, we had the clouds of glory that were fighting. Oh. We had the clouds of glory in front of us in order to guide us. God heard your complaints, he got angry. War. And the swore was None
1: of
0: the people. Was... Why give me a hard time tonight, Dabota? Some nights are easier, some nights are noisier. Tonight's a noisy one. Let's see we can mute our members. I had not have to do that. All right, look at that. It just stopped. So now it says over here that none of these members are going to go into Eres Israel except Zulati Kaleb Ben Yifune. Except Kaleb, who he will see the land. Ve'lo I will give him the land. I should not have his children. Because I should be Hashem. He followed wholeheartedly uh, towards me. On which land? Does anybody know? Which land Caleb got? Which part of Israel? What city did Caleb get? Hebron. Hebron. Oh, you got it. Hebron is correct. And God got angry because of you. God, Moshe is talking. God got angry at me because of you. And he said to me, You will not go to Erez Israel as well. Who's taking them into Erez Israel? Yehoshua ben Nun, aomed the faneka, who Yabosh Hamma, Boto Hazek, him. at the sec, because he is going to uh inherit the land on behalf of the people. So there we go. We have a full aliyah at the bank. Hashem, Shemita for the four ashleim of Hayasana Batsimcha, and we'll continue this again tomorrow night. We continue the parashah. Uh, Moed That means. uh we're right before Tisha B'Av. That's always the before Tisha B'Av. And this is a parashah that Moshe Rabenu begins his last speech to B'nai about a month and a week before he passes away. And a lot of it is giving the people rebuke. So last night we talked about uh, the, uh, the sin of the spies. Uh, mm-hmm. He recanted, mm-hmm. he recalled. And now tonight, he begins uh, in Pasuk Mem. The la. actually the Pasuk before. It's And your children The people thought that their children are going to be taken into captivity by the enemies your children today who are alive, they don't know the difference between good and bad, they're still young, they are going to enter the land of Israel, the land will be given to them, and they will inherit it. Of course, the earlier generation of the Midbar died. (laughs) And now uh, God says that he was, or Moshe says, you were supposed to go directly into Eretz Israel. There was a shortcut, a cut right through the um, the country of Edom. And you uh, would go to the north to go straight into the land. But as a result of the sins, so it caused a, uh, a great delay. And therefore, they had to go. Backwards, actually, it means turn around, which we call that in the uh, driving school a U-turn. But and you went back to into the wilderness, and uh, again, instead of shortcut, you ended up taking a very, uh, I guess we'll call it a long cut. But and then you came to me and you said sin, we want to go into Israel, we'll go fight. Everybody took their, their weapons, they readied themselves for war, and they readied themselves to go up to the mountain, which means um, after they made the sin of spies, they realized they made the sin, they said, okay, we're going to go, we're going to fight. Meaning, they realized that they were wrong, so they figured they could, uh, you know, fix the sin. And they said, okay, we're ready. We're going to go fight and we're going to go in. But God said, go tell them, do not go up. too Do not fight. I am not in your midst. And uh, so you do not become struck down in front of your enemies and the people didn't listen but I told you that it's not the time to go fight but tazidu, you didn't listen but you rebelled it Hashem. but tazidu. you were went willfully but and you ascended the mountain again this is the, the Jews uh, that wanted to go fight the enemies in the Israel, after the sin of the spies. And God said, too late, you're not going to succeed. The Mori people came out, the Beha, they were in the mountain, that mountain, they chased you, uh, they chased you uh, like the bees. Uh, it says in Rashi, what do you mean like the bees? That just like a bee, when it stings the person, it dies right away. So too, when the emorain people touched you, uh, they died. They died right away. So he's comparing it uh, to the bees. And the Pasuk says, uh, And they attacked us. At the Te'id area, until the city of Chorma. You returned and you cried again in front of God. Because God did not listen to your voice. He did not listen. Because again, uh, they rebelled. And the Pasuk over here says, Shama Hashem. Normally the name of Hashem, Yudke Vatke is mercy. And over here it says that even the name of God of mercy did not listen. That means God was so angry that even his name of mercy turned into a, uh, a, a cruel uh, cruel name. So the Pasuk says, So they ended up going to the place of Kadesh, and they ended up staying there for many days how many days did they stay in the city of kadesh As she says 19 years so we talk about a delay uh, this was a uh, a great delay uh, which is by the way the whole traveling in the desert was 38 years so kadesh they spent half the time half of 38 is 19 so that was a long delay and as it was, they wouldn't have said earlier. but it went straight into Eretz Yisrael, but as a result, they had to go all the way around. No, but it's beautiful. Rashi covered all our bases in that opinion. Har Sayer for many days. Vayomer Hashem elay God came to Moshe and said, It's enough. You have traveled enough and gone around the mountain enough. And now God told them to travel north. And what's going to happen? So now we were coming close to the uh, city or the country, I should say, of Esav. And it's called Sa'id. And the Torah comes and says that they will fear you. And you should take very much care. Now, what do you have to take care of? So that she says, provoke them. And even though they were afraid of you, you we're not allowed to provoke them. You we're not allowed to, to fight against them. Even though they were vulnerable. We have to take very great care that we don't, that we don't, uh, we don't fight them. <inaudible> Why? Why can't we provoke them? Why can't we fight them? <inaudible> because God says, <inaudible> "We're not going to get from their, from their lands." Ad <inaudible> I kafragen. They're not going to even get uh, uh, even one step. They're not going to even give us the right of passage. That means they're not going to let us walk through their country. God said we cannot go through their country, even even with peace, even even uh, or, or, or without their permission. So therefore, the pasuk says that we are not we weren't able to go into uh, Esav. Uh, without getting permission from them. Now, the Rashid brings another interpretation that we're not allowed to go into their country until Mashiach. Until uh, God will bring the Mashiach that will come into Jerusalem and team. And until that point, we do not have rights to take over the countries of Esau So what was the plan now? If we can't conquer them, and we got to get now the pasuk says purchase food from them and you'll eat and buy, food from, buy water from them as well for money uh, and then what God has, has blessed you uh, in all of your in all of your ways. He knows your way in the midbar. God was with you for 40 years. Now, it's important to know that one day we're going to inherit this land. Actually, she tells us that it was promised to Abraham Abinu. God promised Abraham Abinu the inheritance of 10 nations. And... One of the ten nations was Esav. And uh, it said, one of them is Esav, and two of them actually are the children of Lot. We're going to conquer their lands also when Mashiach comes. And those two countries are the countries of Amon and Moab. So there's three countries that we still didn't conquer yet from the ten. Amon, Moab, Edom. And she says... uh, why um, Why are we going to conquer those countries? Why do those countries become part of Abraham's inheritance? Because if you remember when Lot went with Abraham to Egypt, and Abraham Abinu told the king that Sarah is his sister, and Lot knew otherwise, Lot knew that it's his wife, and Lot kept the secret, Lot did not tell the king. So in that merit, Lot's properties actually become part of you know Abraham his, his Lot becomes like Abraham's son in that sense that the inheritance becomes in, which is for Lot but again that's not going to happen That that's going to happen those are the three countries are going to be uh, annexed to Erez Israel so whatever Erez Israel is today the land of Israel it's going to be uh, marginally a uh, 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 larger. God's going to expand the borders and it's going to include many other territories. Uh, that'll explain how we're all going to fit. Everybody's going to end up coming to Israel the say, where are going to live? All the Jews are going to come from all over the world. Well, the land itself is going to expand and there's going to be an extension Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, all those regions around. Maybe it'll go all the way to Iraq to the Euphrates River. That's going to be the Expanded borders of the uh, of the new Israel. So the Paso says Bana Avor Meeta Henu Bene Isad. So we passed uh, our brothers uh Bene Esav, and uh, that we're sitting in the Sehir region uh next to Elat or Me Achon Gabet Banefin Bana Avo Delik mid Bar Mu'ab. then we turned and we went by. The Moab region. Now we got to Moab. Do not distress Moab, and we're not allowed to provoke them either. So we got another country that we just had to pass by without conquering. We are not going to get um, Yerusha from 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 them yet. The cities of Moab will remain to Lot until Mashiach comes. Now, when it comes to the cities of Moab, we weren't allowed to fight them, but we were allowed to uh, provoke them a little and threaten them. Uh, So that's why when we were able to uh, make like we could threaten them as if we're going to fight them. That's why we learned early a couple of weeks ago that Moab was afraid of us because we were able to, you know, give them the impression, uh, terrorize them. We were able to, um, uh, you know, take their spoils from them and uh, do different things like that. Now, what's the reason why we're not able to uh, fight against Moab? So it says, because... Or the reward of the modesty of the, the mother, Lot's younger daughter. Remember how Amon and Moab came about, those two nations? Lot actually had an ancestral relation with his daughters. When they got saved from Sedom, they found themselves in a cave and they were the only ones, they thought they were the only ones left in the world. So they got their father drunk one night and they got pregnant from their father. And they ended up having uh, two sons, two children. One was called Amon, and one was called Mu'av. Now, one of them called the son Moab because Mu'av comes from the word Me'av, from the father. She publicized that she had a relation with her father. The other one was called Amon. She did not publicize the, uh, the, um, the sin. And that's why we had to treat Amon nicer than we treated Moab. Why? Because since Amon's mother, who was a daughter of Lot, covered the name, she didn't publicize that it came from our from, from father. Whereas Moab, the daughter of Lot, named the son Moab, which means he is from my father, Moab. So she wasn't modest. So look at this. Because she wasn't modest, The nation that came from up would be terrorized by the Jews. But the second daughter that named the son a more modest name, not publicizing that it was an ancestral relationship, God says many years later, you cannot even terrorize them. So look at the the, the Zikut that Hashem keeps score for how many years. Because there was a lady that was modest, look how many hundreds or tens of thousands of people benefited the later generations. Somebody would say, why are the Jews treating Amon nation better than they're treating Mu'av? Right. Didn't she, sorry, but didn't she name her son Ben-Ami? Yeah, but, 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 that, but that's that's not publicizing. Ben-Ami is son of my uh, a, a relative, but oh. she didn't speak her father. Whereas the other one said it exclusively, Mu'av, which is, okay. you know, so therefore, <laughs> was considered. Berami mean, means son of my people, literally. Okay. It's uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a name. As I'm not saying though, it's a, it's 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 a hint. It's an illusion, but it's not as explicit as what the other girl did. But my point <laughs> is to you that look at this, because a lady was a little more modest than the other one. Look at the benefit she gives her children. So really? who knows? Maybe our community is benefiting so many berachot. Because of the sniut of our grandparents and great grandparents, they acted in a modest way. And maybe because of that, God is blessing us. Every action, as small well as it is, has great uh, ripple effect uh, for the future generations. That's what we call Zechut Avot. So now the Pasuk says, Ha-emim. the Emim, that's the name of a people. So there was a great people called Emim, uh, and they were as tall as giants. Uh, now the Pasu comes along and says that before Lot got this land of Ammon and Moab, there was the Emim that lived there previously. Uh, and that's uh, the emim as she says they were also known as refaim and they dwelt there previously and it says that um, ultimately Lot ended up getting that land fine so the pasuk says the reason why they were called uh, refaim uh, because anybody that saw them their hands became weak refaim means like weak uh, and emim means because uh, anybody that saw them was filled with fear Emma, red, and uh, the pasuk is telling us in the area of Seir, before Seid got it Edom, the Chorim people lived there. Who are the Chorim? Or is there another type of people? Uh, and so again, the Emim and the Rifaim lived in Amon and Moab region before they got there. And the, uh, what do you call it? The Chorim lived in the Esav region before they got there. God conquered them, or they conquered them. Bayeshibu tahtam, And uh, as a result, uh, they dwelled in their place. And now God says, "So they forget, while we were allowed to, uh, we, have, we have three different things over. We have Amon, Moab, and Edom. That's the Amon, we can't do nothing to them. Moab, we can terrorize. Edom, God says, don't even start with them. Even though they're vulnerable, we with permission, and that's that's what we did. And now God concludes and says, "Now go to this area called zarid, the river of Zared." So we crossed the river of Zared. Uh, the boiling. Barneia, the days from Kadesh barneia, until we got to Nahal Zared took thirty-eight years. So therefore. From beginning to end, it was a 38-year uh, trip in the desert until all the people in the desert died from the sin of the spies. Because the sin of the spies was in year two, and we didn't get to the border of Israel to year 40. So it took 38 years detour until we got to the final resting place. <speaking in Hebrew> the hand of Hashem was on the people, the Jewish people, the Umam, in order to uh, obliterate them from the people, from the Ibahaneh, until they end. But he, el was finally the last of the people uh, died. Um, so now already uh, it says, for 38 years, when the Jewish people were getting punished for the sin of the spies, it says God did not speak to Moshe Rabbeinu uh, in a sign of affection. Uh, to come and teach you that the shekinah does not rest on the prophets only in the merit of Israel, the Jews. And since the Jews were in excommunication because of the sin of the spies, so Moshe Rabbeinu did not get a, what should I say, a, um, a, uh, an endearing communication with God. God spoke to him, but it was not the uh, recognition. That he didn't get recognition before, and that's what the next was the reprieve, maybe a reprieve after thirty-eight years. Finally, God came and spoke to me, meaning a in a proper in a proper way. And now we're going to uh, uh, read tomorrow night, but Hashem, what God tells Moshe. After the 40 years, when they're on the border of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, we learned this for the Fu'ah Shalema, Chaya Sarab HaTzimha. All right, the welcome. We're here uh, studying the Pera Shah. Okay, we had a good week. Chaya Sarab That's for the Fu'ah Shalema and uh, we are going to start tonight uh, let's see we did last night that but we are so let's start the uh, pedik Bed pasuk so the pasuk begins Moshegan is talking Hayom is there, Today, I'm going to place the fear. Thank you for agreeing to me. So the nations that are under the shamaim, the goyim are going to fear you, Moshe says. They're going to hear about you. And they're going to have fear and uh, uh, dread. Moshirabinu says that we're going to send messengers to a place called Midbar Kedemot in Sihon, to Sihon, who's the king of Hajjbon, the Vres Shalom. We're going to send uh, peace messengers to Sihon in order to make peace uh, to make peace. Now, that she says, No, God did not tell Moshe to do this. I learned this from God when he gave the Torah. She says, When God came to give the Torah, he said, we know this already. He went to Esau and And he knew that they weren't going to accept it. But still, he went to give them a you know, right of first refusal. So, so did I I went to Sihon asking for peace, even though I knew they were going to say no. I learned from I learned from God, even though he knew that Ishmael and Esau were going to say no to the acceptance of the Torah, but he asked them anyway. So therefore he says, I went to Sihon to ask them for peace, knowing good and well that they're not going to, uh, what's what, that word called? Midbar Kedemot. Kedemot means Early. I learned from the earlier episode of Batan Torah. Midbar Sinai Le'olam. Midbar Kedemot. I learned from the event in Midbar Sinai that happened uh, when the Torah was given and the Torah, we know, preceded the creation of the world. I learned from that episode how to deal with Sihon. Another explanation is Midbar uh, Kedemot. Which means, if God wanted to take us out of Egypt, he could have sent a bolt of lightning to destroy the Egyptians. As she says, one bolt and just burn them, like the whole nation. But you sent me from the Midbar, and to go through uh, a system of diplomacy. Let my people go, derech shalom, even though you knew that they're not going to, is not sending us. So that's what Midbar kedemot is. You sent me from the uh, Midbar. God is called kadmonosher olam, because he's the earliest one, he's the first, he's the kadmon. So therefore, I learned from uh, the way you uh, had me deal with par'o, that even though you knew he wasn't going to answer, or he's going to answer no, but you still set me on diplomacy to seek shalom, even though you could have burnt him and electrocuted him in one spot, in one shot. And therefore Moshe was saying, So I learned from you, either from the way you dealt with the Egyptians or the way you dealt with the Greenman Han Sinai. And as a result, I sent messages to Sihon asking for peace, knowing good and well that they're not going to give the peace. Now what did I tell them? I want to cross your land. I'm going to go straight. We're not going to turn to the right or to the left. You can charge us for food. We'll, eat. we'll pay for water. We just want to have foot passage. Just like B'nei did. Um, not, <laughs> not that they let us cross their land, because they did, but they sold us food. And like the Mo'avim that are in the uh, Aris, until we cross the land and go into Eretz Israel. But what? Sihon said no. God stiffened his heart, the Babo. Why? So he can conquer it. as a result, God said to me, The I'm going to give you now the country of Sihon, the city of or the, the king of Sihon and his land, begin to uh, inherit it. That so to inherit his land and as she says that God says I have begun the process the process always begins in heaven. every, every nation has a um, an angel let's say that is the administrator administrator of that nation and God said I have subjugated the angel in heaven and as a result you have an easy time on earth. So therefore, already he's under your foot in heaven. Therefore, you, won't, you will not have any problems with him on earth. It says, came against us. Who all and he didn't even ask for help. Normally, they would call an ally. Let's say. Uh, Og, who was an ally, but he didn't even call Og because he was so confident that he could beat us alone. And the Pasuk says, God delivered Sihon into our hands. We were able to smite him. And his sons, uh, he had a son that she says that was just as strong as him. For that matter, we were able to conquer whole nation by called it called we conquered all the cities and we uh, confiscated and um, we destroyed all the cities all the men and we took all the uh, spoils fine and the pasuk says, and uh, We did not uh, leave anybody, uh, no survivors. We took no survivors. They took the animals uh, as spoils and also the spoils of the cities. Now it gives us the the, uh, the places. There was not a fortified city that we weren't able to overtake. But this didn't go to Amon. So we didn't go to that uh, uh, city. Remember we learned last night that there's three countries that we were not allowed to conquer. Amon, Moab and Edom. That's uh, waiting for Mashiach to come and then we'll conquer those uh, those countries. So those are the three outstanding countries that we did not yet uh, that we did not yet conquer. So the pasuk says, we turned from there, now Og. Now we get to the story of Og. Og is the giant. Og came after us. Amor, him and his nation uh, in a place called Edrei. So God told me, Al tira That's amazing. Now, why would Moshe be afraid? God has to tell Moshe, don't be afraid. So the explanation is because Moshe was afraid because he had a zechut. What was the zechut that Og had? Anybody know the zekhut that Og had? He told uh, Moshe Rabbeinu that he helped Abraham Rabbeinu. There you go. There you go. Absolutely correct. That when Lot was taken into captivity many, many uh, penashot ago, So, Og went out of his way to Abraham in order to tell Abraham the news about his nephew that was in trouble. So, that was the chesed that he did to Abraham. Even though I must point out that he really didn't do it for the sake of chesed, he did it so Abraham will go save Lot and probably die so he can marry Sarah. So, it wasn't so the Shem Shamayim, but nonetheless, Bodhi Olam does not. minimize the reward for anybody. And therefore, what happened was, God says uh, that Og lived many, many years. And Moshe Rabbein, with all the zikhuyot, was scared that maybe that one time he helped the tzaddik will still stand for him. That's why God had to say, don't worry. So what do you see over here, everybody? How important it is to help the tzaddikim. When a person helps the tzaddik, that zikhuyot stands for you and for your children and for your grandchildren for many generations. The next time you have a chance to help a Sadiq, take advantage. And we'll do it much better than Og. Og had ulterior motives. Imagine what the reward is of somebody who helps a Sadiq without any ulterior motives. One time, we were uh, went to the stifler Rebbe, me and my friends in 1981. And uh, we were buying books that he sold. He had Sefarim. And my friend Maurice Terzi, may live and be well, he was with us. And uh, we were 10 boys. And the stipler turned to Maurice and told him, okay, take for one of these books, because he was, he, he, and then take for one of these books and take one believer." And he served the stipler. The stipler used him as his, uh, you know, as his aid. And we were very, very jealous at the time. That what is the hoot this guy had? that He was able to serve the stipler. The stipler chose him out of all the other, uh, all the other boys. And I have no doubt that that's a, that's a credit. When somebody helps the tzaddik, even in the most minimal way, that stands for him. And so far to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid of Og because of that one Zechut. But God said, His Zechut has expired. You have nothing to worry about. Don't worry, you'll do to him what you did to Sihon. God delivered Og also in our hands. We had called Amor, but and we attacked him, Admati, Shidlaw, Sari. There was nothing, nothing left, no captives. When the Qodabi we uh, conquered all the cities, by it the time I take Kiryah, it was not a fortified city as Shirl alakramita. We didn't take Shishim I 60 cities. That's the way that we got over here. Sixty cities. It's called the Hele, uh Gov, the Al Gov region, and Mekit all these uh, cities over here, uh, um, the cities that have fortified walls, the Lataimu Briya with the door and a bolt, the Bad Na Ara besides the open cities that we had uh, as well, without the walls. That's called Perazim. When a haremotab, we conquered them, Kashira Siru Sihon me the khadwag, we did the Sihon, a harem ko Metim and Ashim Betaf men, women and children. Metim is men. We took the animals, the Arim and the uh, spoils, Bazonulan we took it as uh, spoil. But the Kahba etai the Kha Mori, and we took the lands from the Emuri people, Shibe Din, the Nachal Arnon from this uh river Arnon, at Han Hermon, Sidonim, Iqlu the Khamon Sedion. The Sidonim called the Kermon region Silion and the Emuri called the region uh Sinid. Okay, so now you know uh what it what what it's uh, what it's called call the prairies, I don't know what Ogmelech gave me the names of the cities that we conquered from. Og um, uh, Only Og was left from the Refaim, the Refaim of the giants. Uh, he was, when, when Abraham Abinu fought the wars with the four kings and the five kings, Og was one of the only ones that was able to uh, survive it. So he's called Yeter Refaim, he was from the refugees of the war. When Abraham Binu fought, like it says, his bed was made out of uh, iron. Okay. Now you know his bed was made out of iron. but just wants to tell us how big it was. His bed was nine amal long. Nine amal is about 18 feet long. That's a big bed. Eighteen feet long, kind of. That's a. What, what is a regular bed size? How long is it? Who sells beds? Anybody on anybody this chat sell beds? I guess a regular bed. Eighty, 80 inches. inches. Your wife. She's so <laughs> cute, Rabbi. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. <laughs> She's too busy selling pillows. Eighty, 80 inches was very. Okay, very good. So, 80, 80, 80 inches. 80, I got it. 80 inches. I got it. I got it. So, what's 80 inches in feet? 12, 24, 4, 12, 24, 40. So about feet? about that 8 feet. So, this guy had a bed that was about uh, 18 feet. Six and a half feet. That's a, that's a lot of. That guy's a giant. And eight feet wide. That's, that's bigger than any bed you know, maybe like a king, but, but there was only one guy sleeping in This is uh, Og. Be ish. That's uh, just giving us the, uh, giving us his uh, his dimensions over here. Rabbi, is Og is the guy who uh, survived from the time of Noah, exactly. was he that giant? Yeah, he tailgated on the Teban. Example. Right, right. So that's why he need oh, that big bed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> know that, that's what he had. That's what he, he was definitely a big guy. He came I like, guess they kept on, I guess the longer he lived, the more he grew. But his lands that we conquered, we gave to the tribes of the UN and uh, God, like we learned last week's parashah, they were the ones that inherited the uh, lands on the other side of the Jordan. Finally, the last Pesu, the rest of that region and the uh, the kingdom of Og was given to the half of the tribe of Menasheh. So those were the two and a half tribes that actually lived outside of Israel. It's the Uven, God and half of Menasheh. Alright? There you have it. We learned Baruch Hashem. I think 90% of the Penasheh, which is a great accomplishment. We pray that uh, this should be for Ashlema. And we wish Amen. you a good Easy fast. but we'll, we'll pick this up next Thank week. You. Amen. Amen. Next Thank you. Amen.